Hey, book friends. Welcome to Books and Tea with Kiri and Corey. Listen along each week as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Visit our podcast site to learn how we pick our genres and books. We encourage you to read along with us and share your opinion, comments and opinions too. We also forgot to mention last week that we have a bit of a theme going on with Halloween and Day of the Dead coming up. So we started with magical realism, then we talked about sci-fi, and now we are moving on to the genre of spooky, scary, and suspenseful books. Coincidentally, it was also just Friday the 13th, and if you would believe it, this is lucky episode number 13. Next week we're doing suspense, and then we'll finish it off with another round of spooky and scary. October is also National Book Month, so yay books! Make sure you read at least one this month. Alright, let's get started. What's going on with you, Kiri? Mm, you know, I um, it's fall here in Flagstaff, and the leaves are s- turning gold, and I think they're about to all fall off. So Chris and I went and looked at the leaves yesterday, and then I happened to twist my foot like 10 minutes into our hike, so that was exciting and painful. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so other than that, I'm just kind of getting prepared for homecoming in a few weeks, and oh. I have to work homecoming, what? so it should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Never participate participated in homecoming as a student and now I get to participate as an adult. Yay. 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 Oh, what about you? Um I have finished up 7 weeks of teaching, 3 more to go. Woo! I know. Then I can breathe a little bit and figure out <laughs> where I want to go next semester with my uh, schedule and my curriculum because I've learned a lot along the way. Yeah, I bet. So I do have two fun pieces of news to share. I've been waiting until oh, now to share with you. Okay, tell me. So first of all, I heard that Sweet Bitter, which I know was not your favorite, but I really loved, uh-huh. is being made into a TV series by Stars. Oh. So I'm super excited about that. Interesting. Yeah. I probably won't watch it. I think it's going to be good. How can you go? Like, they must be going further along in the book than what she did because it like the book has an end right so either they're only going to do one season or they're going to make it last multiple seasons or they're going to tack on other things that we don't know tbd yeah then the other thing is is did you ever uh watch reading rainbow when you were growing up with lavar burton no do you know who i'm talking about yes did you know he has a podcast no where he reads short stories to adults. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. Maybe I should check it out. I love it. Yeah? I really love it. I've been totally into it. And I just finished listening to, wait for it, What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky. <laughs> like the whole collection or just that story? Just that story. <clears throat> Did he make it sound more interesting? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he did. No, it was really good. Um, I mean, he does a good job all over. Uh, it's a lot of fantasy type of um, s- short stories. But I keep thinking about you going, well, maybe if someone reads it to you, maybe you would, and you would like them better. Maybe. Although I was talking to a coworker about it recently. He was like, why don't you like short stories? I was like, I think I just like nonfiction short stories. Oh, okay. Like I like shorts like David Sedaris. Like essays. Yeah. Okay. Like Fair enough. I just haven't found the classics yeah. yet. <laughs> and then the other fun thing that I've been doing. You're should... telling me three things right now. You only said two. What's the third thing? 
Lucky number three. Lucky number three. I was going to say that. Um, I got to make the Halloween book window display at the bookstore. Nice. So I'll upload a picture for all of our (laughs) listeners. But I had so much fun. I got to help pick out all the books and arrange them. And there's all sorts of spiderweb stuff and confetti and... Yes. Spookiness happening. Spookiness happening. I'm not even that excited about Halloween, but (laughs) anywho. Okay. Do you want to tell us about the tea that we are sipping on today? Yeah. I brought some organic India Tulsi Jasmine tea and it's a little subtitle is stress relieving and enchanting. Nice. So it's caffeine free and it's organic, which I know Corey and I both enjoy. And the description talks about the ambrosial blend of India's beloved herb Tulsi with calming chamomile and fragrant jasmine flowers. Perfect for a peaceful moment of self-empowerment to find your own inner calm and wisdom. Hmm. I feel wiser already. <laughs> the description <laughs> makes it easy. Did you mention the anti-aging part? Oh, and it's anti-aging. And Which it I could use. balances metabolism. Builds stamina. Builds stamina, reduces stress. Uplifts moods. Ooh, supports the immune system. Abundant in antioxidants. This is like... This is like magic juju tea. Yeah, this is like magic juju tea. That's Although totally they what I was all say. they all have asterisks, so that means that these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. But you know who can well, really trust the FDA? I was gonna say <laughs> the FDA is not where I go for my health guidance rules. I don't think anybody should go oh, to the geez. FDA. No it's pretty tasty though. It is. Good. I can taste the basil. I think that's kind of the dominant flavor I'm getting out of it. I don't really taste the jazz, the green jasmine part. I taste the chamomile definitely. But it's really nice. It's like a good, oh, yeah. warm tea. Yep. Now that it's getting colder. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so today, as this I week, said. Scary and spooky. Scary and spooky. Do you want to give us the rundown? Sure. So we, of course, looked at Wikipedia because Wikipedia knows a lot of things. You can also create your own profile on Wikipedia, like create your own Wikipedia page if you're interested in doing that. I think it really promotes narcissism, but, you know, it's Mm. still an option to write about your life's work on Wikipedia. We're we're kind of important, though. I know. We could create a Books and Tea Podcast Wikipedia page. (laughs) Why don't we add that to the other hundred things we have to do? (laughs) That's what we'll do in December when we we take a break. (gasps) Okay, Okay. so it is a genre of fiction which is intended to or has the capacity to frighten, scare, disgust, or startle its readers or viewers by inducing feelings of horror and terror. It is frequently <laughs> it is frequently supernatural though it can be non-supernatural and it often centers or it's often the central menace in the type of story can be interpreted as a metaphor for the larger fears of a society. Oh, I can see that. Okay. I don't know if I can see it with the books that we picked today. Maybe. 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 So the history of it, it's been around for quite a while and it's been documented back as far as the ancient Greeks and Romans. It has roots in folklore and religious traditions, and horror and spooky stories as we know them really took off in the 19th century with the Victorian Gothic literature. Stories published during that time included the Brothers Grimm, Hansel and Gretel, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Robert Louis Stevenson's Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I feel like is kind of a classic. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all classics. Yeah. H.G. Wells' The Invisible Man, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Edgar Allan Poe's works, which I, 
I have like a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. I do find it. I mean, that list that I found, I'm like, these are like classic stories. Yeah, and it's amazing that they were all published within eh, well, fifty to sixty years of each other for the most part. Starting in 1812 with Hansel and Gretel. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. Yeah. That's been around 200 years. Man, those Victorians, they were weird. Yeah, they are. (laughs) So in contemporary fiction, Stephen King is probably the best known author, and that is definitely Corey's favorite author of all time. One of my top, probably top five, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. And other well-knowns include Anne Rice, Dean Coots, and the Young Adult Goosebumps series by R.L. Stein, which is like the first book I read was a Goosebumps oh, that's book. Right. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. that when mm-hmm. I was pulling this together. Yep, Circle of Life. Exactly it comes around. <laughs> what else did you find, Corey? Well, I found this really great article, and we'll link to it in the show notes. That had the top five reasons people like to read scary stories. You probably could say this really about anything that scares you, but this was specifically about books. So first is the adrenaline rush. Uh, we like that exhilaration of our heart racing and our blood pumping um, for survival. Mm-hmm. You learn really great <laughs> tips in case there's ever a zombie apocalypse or a vampire attacking you. You know what to do. Exactly. I feel very well prepared after reading our mm-hmm. next book for next week. Have you have you um, ever had the conversation with your partner about what you would do during a zombie apocalypse? No. Robert and I have an agreement that if one gets, <laughs> one of us gets bit, we'll kill. We'll, we'll like you know make sure we don't come back from the undead. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, that's and romantic. Leave, and leave it, well, you know. <laughs> I think I'm just going to dance it out. <laughs> I'm just going to dance and okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Are you Christina Yang? Uh, uh, I anyway. would say Meredith Grey. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so getting back to it, the natural high. Mm-hmm. Scary stories gives us thrills and chills that can make us feel more alive. Yeah. And that's due to dopamine. Okay. A sense of accomplishment. You feel pretty good knowing you're able to handle the horror, (laughs) the blood, the gore, the suspense of it all. It scared the life out of you, but you made it through. I feel the way about haunted houses. I have a love-hate relationship with haunted houses. There's one on 4th Street. Did you see it? I saw that. No, I'm not going. I totally want to go. The last time I went to a haunted house was when I was living in Louisville, and a big group of us went, including Robert, and it was a haunted hospital. Oh, God. Yeah. That would be creepy. And in the very first room, my friend grabbed me and pushed me down and no joke I hit my head on a gurney table (laughs) and so I went through the whole damn thing with a splitting headache which is not great for flashing lights and screaming and things jumping out at you and (sighs) oh my gosh yeah anywho and then escapism. I don't know. If, this one I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, you know, it says trip to another world, even a world of horror is a great way to step away from the daily grind. Plus, we know we're safe and we can hide in the covers whenever we want. You know, so I was reading World War Z. Uh, Which is an upcoming book, people. Upcoming book uh, at nighttime. And I was having some weird ass dreams. Like, <laughs> I had a dream that I was like popping a pore on my nose and when it came out it turned into like this maggot thing and started moving around like so I was like I cannot (laughs) read this book at nighttime because it is affecting my dreams it was disgusting like I woke up gagging I was like this is this is just not good oh man so yeah that was fun don't read world war z at nighttime unless you want weird maggots popping out (laughs) of your pores So overall, what has been your opinion or experience with the spooky, scary horror genre? You know, I haven't really read much. I'm trying to think. Oh, so I read The House of Leaves, I think it is. And that book. Is that Walt Whitman? No, it's Daniel. 
I was going to say Sturman, but that's not right because that's Daniel. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Um, Did you write The House of Leaves? <laughs> I know. It's Daniel something, and it is written like it's an actual uh, nonfiction piece. Oh. And so you are tripping out the whole time because the book, when you are reading it, you have a couple of pages that are pages that are normal, but then the words start like moving around the page so you have to like rotate the book and then there's like tilted text and then there's all these footnotes so the footnotes make you think that it's real because he actually references books but those books are fake (laughs) so you don't realize that until you're like wait what this actually happened Uh but very creepy and scary oh see i felt that way about the movie paranormal activity i didn't see that movie scared the shit out of me. I, you know, I will say, I'm not saying that I believe in ghosts, but I believe in the idea of ghosts Mm -hmm. because I feel like clearly we have some sort of life force within us, right? Right. I mean, that's that's what we keeps chugging us along. (laughs) As we speak, literally. (laughs) So that has to go somewhere when we kick the bucket. Yeah. And I could see it not going where it's supposed to go and running amok, amok, amok. Yeah. I really liked the Conjuring movies. Oh, I haven't seen those. Freaky. Oh, I like, shouldn't see them. Shit, your pants scary. Don't watch them at nighttime. I watched Oops, it with my... We're going to have to add an E to this one. <laughs> We've cussed a couple times. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. It's spooky and scary. We're saying curse words. Um, I watched it with my 12-year-old cousin, and she was mm. she was all into it. It was really great. We bonded over scary movies. But Okay. Yeah. I remember watching. They had these really creepy... Speaking of, I think they were real, or at least they implied they were real. They were called the Faces of Death movies. That sounds intriguing. Oh, yeah. They were, like, documentary style and... Like the Blair Witch? No, more, like, newsreel style. But oh. they showed, like, an electric an electrocution. Oh. Like, an execution by, oh. like... Oh. Yeah. Like a real one? Yeah. Oh. At least it was supposed to be real. Like, oh. stuff like that and, like, weird, like, occult stuff. Like, we'd watch this when we were teenagers and we'd, like, spend the night at each other's house and our parents weren't paying attention. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, wow. So we're getting a little sidetracked here. So bringing it back in. Um, So I would say I'm not a scary book or movie junkie. In fact, as I get older, I find it harder on me, especially things that make... I'm really jumpy, which you wouldn't know through this, but I get startled very easily. Boo! (laughs) Just like that. See? People... Um, but I, I have had a lifelong love of Stephen King, who is definitely on this creepy side, but he really startles you. Like, you know, we're thinking, you know, things are going to go bad. Yeah. And when you read a book, I find it hard to get startled. It's more movies. Um, so I, you know, and I've read all the Anne Rice, like vampire books and witch books and stuff like that. And those are fun. So I kind of, I like supernatural stuff. Um, but I don't know. That's always my go-to. Yeah. It usually is something like witches or vampires or mm-hmm. Stephen King. Is like usually. the Discovery of Witches trilogy. That was, it wasn't yeah, scary, but it was scary. supernatural. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the Susanna Kearsley book that we read at book club that Meh. one time, you didn't like it, but yeah. I love all of her stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all weird. <laughs> <clears throat> Anywho. Okay. Uh, and so Shirley Jackson has been known for her bizarre and spooky writing. Um, she's just one of those people that's been on my list that I need to read. Of course, I read The Lottery like every other high school student. I haven't read it. What? Yep. How? And aren't you like this is an the English... first Shirley Jackson Stop books it. that I've read? Wait, yeah. and aren't you an English literature major? Yes. How in the hell have you never read The Lottery? I don't know. You need to go read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, mom. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like a classic. I swear every child, every every high schooler has had to read the lottery. And, um, yeah, it's worth reading. Okay. 
I think after reading these two, you'll like totally get, you'll be like, okay, I get you, Shirley Jackson. I get you. I get your soul, man. <laughs> yeah. All cool. right. So which, so. so we accidentally, not accidentally, we just kind of space identity yeah. um, that we both picked out Shirley Jackson books. But I actually was okay with it because, again, both of these have been on my list. And, and they're um, both somewhat different. They're different. I think it was fun to kind of, re- we hadn't done that before, yeah. read two books by the same author. Maybe we should incorporate that later on. Ooh, that yeah. That might be fun. Add it to the list. Yeah. Our ever-growing list <laughs> of ideas. You'll be, you won't, ha- we won't have any, there will be no, like break for us because we have I think 190 genres already kind of written out. We're going to be doing these podcasts until, <laughs> until we're we old die. ladies. Where's your shade? Where's Carrie? Where's my cane? I need my bifocals. Why do I think an old lady talks like know. that? <laughs> we haven't seen each other in a few weeks, so I think we're all just really excited to be talking about books it with you is. guys. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. So, so I'm going to say let's do The House on Haunting Hill. Okay. The- yeah. Is that the right way? The haunting the of haunting Hill. Of Hill uh, the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Ooh, creepy. Super creepy. Super creepy. All right, I'll let you go first since it was your pick. All right. So some of my random thoughts is, oh man, this is going to be creepy as hell. <laughs> like within the first couple of pages, you know that it's going to be creepy. Oh yeah. And Eleanor is perhaps a crazy lady. Did you ever get the crazy lady vibe from Eleanor? Oh, yeah. I wrote okay. that down, too. Yeah. I think I said it a little nicer. <laughs> I think I said, what did I say? Oh, well, I said, she's clearly a bit damaged. <laughs> I don't know if that's nicer or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> tomato, tomato. And then what the hell was going on with the maid? What is her name? Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Dudley. Ma- Dudley. She was creepy. <laughs> she was so creepy. It was kind of comic relief, though. Yeah, but not really. She was creepy. <laughs> I set the table for lunch at one. I leave at nine. No, six. Oh, six. The oh. dishes must be in the right places on the bookshelf. <laughs> Is that how you read her? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess, in my head. <laughs> and then my final thought was the prose was really beautiful. Yes. So what I really enjoyed about this book is that she Shirley Jackson left it up to the reader to decide what the hell was going on. Like mm-hmm. you kind of get an idea of terror is like there's terror happening, but it's so subtle and so not mentioned, not named that you you your imagination can just kind of take off with it. Yeah. Like it was really cool to not have the gory, gross, insane things that happen a lot in scary books, but this was subtle and doesn't give you the details which in my opinion made it a little bit scarier yeah because you had to fill in the blanks and yeah you were like, like you didn't really know what was happening with eleanor yeah but you could kind of tell that she was going a little off her knocker maybe unraveling maybe, maybe not but then i was kind of thinking maybe eleanor was being cuckoo and is was the one that was writing on the walls and doing crazy shit maybe i don't know yeah it was really creepy i kind of concluded that the house was really haunted and they took her they made her, they made her even more. I think she was susceptible to being cuckoo, and to spirits, and yeah. they were able to get into her psyche, and cause her to crash her car and kill herself at the end. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I found is what I wrote for the last kind of wrapping up sentences: the terror is psychological, and the horror is this feeling of what if. Yep. 
Did so. you read the intro? They did call it a psychological horror story. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I have actually two quotes that are okay. kind of creepy. Yep. One is, I am a small creature swallowed whole by a monster, and the monster feels my tiny little movements inside. Isn't that creepy? That does look That's creepy. creepy. Who said that? Was that Eleanor? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess it was from her point of view. It had yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. And then... The last quote is, it watches the house, he said. It watches every move you make. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I knew that was at some point we were going to do a dun, dun, dun. (laughs) We can't help it. I know. The perfect place for it. So what did you think about this one? Okay. So to supplement, I kind of went, I have kind of have been evolving to your style of quick thoughts. Um, I've been getting, or AKA, Corey's been getting lazy. Um, Well, so first of all, at times I kept remembering bits of the movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones that's based on this. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's not the greatest of movies, but you might want to watch it after having read the book. It might be an interesting comparison for you. So there were certain times when I could see some of the characters coming out as I saw them acted out in the Mm -hmm. movie, and I kept having to be like, stop it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it was slow to ramp up, so I, it wasn't until about the halfway mark when, I think the first night, when, like, the pounding on the doors, and yeah. and I was like, okay, this shit's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, the house is coming alive. <laughs> That's literally what I thought, too. <laughs> um, so, I think, and this is circling a little bit around to... Uh, we've always lived in the castle. But at least for these two books, Shirley Jackson likes to pick the point of view of someone, as I put it, who's clearly a bit damaged. Yep. Um, I wrote the question, is this an early version of the unreliable narrator? Hmm. Yeah, right? That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And she just was so lonely and needy, it kind of made me cringe a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, and just kind of that evolution of her becoming distrustful of everyone and you know and you kept going what's going on with her um let's see here i thought the relationship between her and theodora or theo was really interesting and i i there was a couple quotes let me see which one i want to do that was like because again since it's written from it's the wrong book oh wrong book um (laughs) since it's written from Eleanor's point of view, it was really fascinating as she's narrating what's happening, but she's also narrating what's going on in her head. And um, so, for example, um, they had a little bit of a spat, and um, she, I'll just start here. I would like to hit her with a stick, Eleanor thought, looking down on Theodora's head beside her chair. I would like to batter her with rocks. <laughs> An exquisite refinement, exquisite, because, of course, the chalk strokes would have been almost unbearable, excruciating if the victim was ticklish. I hate her, Eleanor thought. She sickens me. She's all washed and clean and wearing my red sweater. When the death was hanging by was by hanging in chains, however, the executioner, Nell, Theodora looked up at her and smiled. I really am sorry, you know, she said. I would like to watch her dying, Eleanor thought, and smiled back and said, don't be silly. She's totally creepy. Totally creepy. She's totally crazy. So they're like having a conversation with other people, and these are the thoughts that are running through her head. And I was like, okay, you're getting a little bit cuckoo on us. Um, I also, I went looking because, did you pay, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about how they kept saying the quote, journeys end when lovers meet. Yeah, I just, I guess I didn't really see the importance of that. They said it like 20 times. How yeah, can that not be important? But what does it mean? So apparently it's from Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. 
Yes, I remember that. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> there was a whole analogy online, which I didn't write down, but that was really all I needed to know. Um, so, I mean... I guess it would make sense, maybe, if they had stayed 12 nights. Hmm. But they didn't st- stay 12 nights. So I was just kind of, like, over that saying, because it's like, is that mm-hmm. something, like, I say touche a lot. Hmm. And so I, every time they said it, I kind of felt like it was, like, a touche. Mm-hmm. No, I felt like there was meaning to it. The only thing I could come up with is, is I guess her journey came to an end when she came to the house. But she didn't meet a lover. Unless the house was her lover. Ew. Well, I mean, maybe not like lover, lover, but like, I don't know. Whatever. I think you're stretching it. Okay. And then I found okay, moving on. So then the other thing I wanted to talk about was that I really felt like there were some comedic moments in this. So I thought Mrs. Dudley was comedic, like a comedic release, and like just the way that she would talk to them. And then when the doctor's wife, Mrs. Oh Montague, showed Jeez, she was a hot mess. I was just I was laughing. Like she was all like, hmm, "This dinner is almost good. I must speak to the housekeeper." <gasps> The spirits always talk to me. Which is the scariest room? You know, I mean, yeah. I just was like, oh, my God, you are an utter fruitcake and, like, this domineering bitch, and you are hilarious. Yeah, I kind of felt like she was, she's one of those people that says she's a psychic but is actually not a psychic, you know, yeah. because she didn't hear any of the no. noises that were happening. There mm-hmm. was nothing yep. going on for her or Albert. Was that her uh, Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of felt like she was trying to be her husband but oh, she unsuccessful. Was, she was so self-important. Yeah. So, which is what I thought made it funny. I really thought that Shirley Jackson was trying to be humorous there and add this weird kind of side humor. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe. I, maybe I did not. find Mrs. Dudley weird. <laughs> like every time she talked, I was kind of like she's a mass murderer. <laughs> maybe she's the house. Maybe, maybe she controls the house. <gasps> dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. So, anyways, um, yeah, it was a creepy read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely not a, a, I mean, not grotesque, slice them, dice them, like a lot of things out there these days that go for scary, spooky horror. Yeah. But definitely kind of a, whoa, this is super duper creepy. And again, I think because I believe in the possibility of paranormal activity, <laughs> these types of things I find extremely creepy. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's subtle. It's a subtle creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we move on to We Have Always Lived in the Castle. So we also have a theme of buildings this week, apparently. Yes. Do we want to take a break really quick? Sure, let's take a little break. We'll see you soon. See you soon. We're going to drink our tea. All right, Corey, tell me me about your book that you picked. This was the one you picked, right? Yes. Yes. And I self-admittedly have wanted to read this and buy this just because of the cover of the book, but that's a whole other thing. It's pretty awesome. Um, we've posted it a couple times, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyways, I would say that it was more creepy and weird than spooky. Yes. Um, and that might have just been me assuming that because it was Shirley Jackson that it was going to be more of a scary story. But it also depends on what you call scary. That's true. I mean... The whole scene with the town coming and destroying their house was kind of scary. That is creepy. Yep, yep. So, um, couple back... Oh, we didn't really do much of a background on the haunting of Hill House, did we? <laughs> nope, that's okay. Okay. We read the we read the back cover last yeah. week. Yeah. That's all you get for this week, people. Okay. So, 
the well, I do have a little summary then of <laughs> we have always lived in the castle, but basically it is this these two sisters and their sickly uncle who live in this old rundown mansion and um the rest of the family mysteriously died of arsenic poisoning six years previous and the older sister Constance had been blamed for it but they went through a trial and they found her non-guilty and then the story again is written from the is written from the younger sister's point of view and her name is Mary Cat or Mary Catherine and um, again similar to the haunting of Hill House as you as we progress through the book you start realizing that she's maybe crazy a, a few french fries She's short crazy. of a happy meal. Um, <laughs> she's crazy. Okay, fine. She's she's wackadoodle. Um, and but again, that's I think that I mean again I think this is probably part of Shirley Jackson's style, is is that slowly things unravel and you realize the true character of people and mm -hmm. I think that's part of the creepiness of you're like oh this person is not normal yeah at all um and again there was just some and so really kind of the turning point in this book is a cousin charles who's basically a fortune hunter comes and starts trying to woo the sister the older sister and of course mary cat's not having anything with it and um hijinks ensue and you know, early on, you start wondering, well, did well, so how did the family die? And it, there's kind of an an implication from almost the very beginning that Mary Cat was actually the one that was responsible for poisoning them. But you almost like literally, you get to the end of the book, and like they actually say it out loud, and you're like, ah, I knew it. That was my last final thought. <laughs> so my it? third final, my third thought was, I bet Mary Cat did it, and then my final one was, she did do it. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, totally. They said it. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar bowl. Sugar bowl. Um, and I went looking up her age again because she sounds so young. I know. But and she's 18. She's 18. Mm -hmm. So one of my little psychoanalyzing moments was I was like, huh, I wonder if she kind of got growth stunted after she offed her family at the age of 12. Because she certainly, at her mentality was really more of like a 12-year-old. Yeah. 12 but maybe she's just a sociopath. Well, that too. Um but one of the most fascinating parts of the book, which is totally worth reading it, is as she starts getting into all her rituals and superstitions and her schedules. Like, on Tuesdays, I go shopping yeah. at the village. And I one of the, the quotes that I wrote down was, um, oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, since Charles has taken my occupation for Tuesday morning, I had nothing to do. I wondered about going down to the creek, but I had no reason to suppose that the creek would even be there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, touche, little lady, touche. Yeah. Speaking of touche. <laughs> um, and then, again, I just thought it, the ending was weird. So after the house, so she sets a fire to try and get rid of Charles. Yep. They come, and the fire company puts out the house the fire and then the fire chief and there's all these people watching and they're like basically it was like a mass uh what do they call that when they, you know like they're uh, a rally riot riot yeah like the villagers riot they're like burn the house down burn the house down and um and then they start throwing rocks and they go in there and they start destroying everything and the fire chief after he puts the fire out he starts it he's the key instigator yeah and i was like well that's just weird mm-hmm and so then they, like, hole up in, like, what, the last little bit of house that's still standing? And yep, and they've boarded it all up, and it's creepy, and there's only, like, a hole, and... Yep. Yeah. People leave them food. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's weird. super creepy. All right. So those were my thoughts and observations. I, I don't know that I really have a lot more to say about it, I mean, other than 
it was creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. So a couple of my random thoughts was, oh boy, here we go again. Like instantly <laughs> from the beginning, I was like, this is another, uh, the haunting at Hill House, of Hill House. Um, very Shirley Jackson. Like this is the mm. second book I've read of her and it was just, it, I could see the similarities mm -hmm. in the language. She had a style. Mm -hmm. And then I was very uh, concerned or freaked out about Constance. Like, she was just creepy. <laughs> she was, like, the creepy wife of somebody that, like, beat them or something. Or maybe mm -hmm. it's just because she knew that Mary Cat killed mm -hmm. her family and... But she seemed okay with it. I know. They had a really weird relationship. It was weird. It was, like, codependent to the extreme. Yep. And then I, you know, I thought that she did a spectacular job about being creepy and the relationships were creepy, and I found a lot of similarities between the characters in this book and The Haunting of Hill House. Mm -hmm. um, Eleanor and Mary Cat are very much the broken, broken sisters, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, again, she had beautiful language, and the prose was interesting and fun. Um, I I don't really have much to say either. I have a couple quotes, and that. Um, one of them is, I shall weave a suit of leaves at once with acorns for buttons. <laughs> I just liked it because it's fall time and all the mm -hmm. leaves are falling mm -hmm. down. And then, I can't help it when people are frightened, says Mary Cat. I always want to frighten them more. Like, hmm. She's just creepy. Yep. She is creepy. And then, I'm going to put death in all their food and watch them die. Yes. Like. <laughs> Which sounds like something an eight-year-old would say, not an 18-year-old. Right, but... I it's also creepy. Right. It is creepy. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, she just has no sense of moral compass or, right or sense of right or wrong. And the reason, spoiler alert, that Constance survived is because Constance didn't put sugar in her tea. Whatever they had, yeah. Yeah, and so Maricat knew that Constance would survive because everybody else was putting sugar on whatever they were eating or drinking, but mm -hmm. Constance didn't. Mm -hmm. Creepy. 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 Yep. Haha. <laughs> I think we nailed it for the creepy spooky. Creepy spooky. High five. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we're turning, we're going a little bit of a curve and we're going to go into the genre of suspenseful books, which is different from spooky books, as you will see with our picks. Do you want to talk about yours first? Sure. So I picked Into the Darkest Corner by Elizabeth Haynes. And the back cover reads, Catherine Bailey has been enjoying the single life long enough to know a catch when she sees one. Gorgeous, charismatic, and spontaneous, Lee seems almost too perfect to be true, and her friends clearly agree as each intern falls under his spell. But what happens is a flattering attentiveness and passionate sex turns into raging jealousy, and Catherine soon learns that there is a darker side to Lee. His increasing erratic, controlling behavior becomes frightening, but no one believes her when she shares her fears. Increasingly isolated and driven into the darkest corner of her world, a desperate Catherine plans a meticulous escape. Dun, dun, dun. And I picked The Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. And the back of the book says, Are you happy with your life? Those are the last words Jason Dessen hears before the masked abductor knocks him unconscious. Before he awakens to find himself strapped to a gurney surrounded by strangers in hazmat suits. Before a man Jason's never met smiles down at him and says, Welcome back, my friend. 
In this world he's woken up to, Jason's life is not the one he knows. His wife is not his wife. His son was never born. And Jason is not an ordinary college physics professor. Is there really such thing as an ordinary college physics professor? No. Okay. <laughs> um, but a celebrated genius who has achieved something remarkable, something impossible. Is it this world or the other? That's the dream. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, it sounds like we're going to be either not sleeping or... Well, not sleeping. Or not sleeping. I don't think I'm going to read any of these books at nighttime. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 